Welcome to another episode of Should You Take That Case with your host, Lisa Wade, your friendly neighborhood legal nurse consultant, owner of Wade Nurse Consultants, and creator of our private LinkedIn community, the Attorney Medical Record Resource Group. That is where we get all of our stellar attorney guests. The goal of our show is to be a resource for legal professionals who pursue medical cases by sharing their experience and insights as defense or as plaintiff attorneys. You can catch prior episodes at www.wadenurseconsultants.com slash blog on LinkedIn and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Now here's the host of Should You Take That Case, Lisa Wade. Hello, hello. Happy Monday, everyone or Happy Medical Record Monday. That's what we call it. <laughs> On, uh, and here's another episode today of Should You Take That Case? And um, I am your host, yes, Lisa Wade, your friendly neighborhood legal nurse consultant, medical record expert, and owner of Wade Nurse Consultants. Visit us at wadenurseconsultants.com and think of us when you have those tons and tons of medical records you need translated into normal human language, easily understood by judges and juries. Like I said, wadenurseconsultants.com, that's where you'll find us. But I am also the creator of our wonderfully private LinkedIn community, the Attorney Medical Record Resource Group. That it's a mouthful, but it tells the tale. And uh, that is where we get all of our wonderful attorney guests. That's where they all come from because we use this as an opportunity to get to know one another. And we're going to do that today with our guest, Ben McIntosh. And but, but first, before we bring Ben out, we're going to scoot on over to the comment section. If anybody's visiting us live, scoot on over there. Or if you're catching us on the replay, put your an A in there if you are an attorney, a P if you're a paralegal, an L and C if you're another legal nurse consultant like me. And just let us know if you are there and uh, so we can say hello and welcome you. Again, thank you so, so much for coming, but also put a W in there if you are a part of a wonderful group, which I am a part of, Women Owned Law. They are a wonderfully groundbreaking group that is connecting and advancing women legal entrepreneurs, but their primary mission is to empower women lawyers to achieve success in the business of law. So visit us at womenownedlaw.org to take a look if that sounds interesting to you and it sounds like something you wanna be a part of, visit us over there. And I just wanna thank everybody that is watching us live or catching us on the replay. Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking time out of your very, very busy days to be with us. But now we're getting ready to introduce our guest attorney for today. Ben McIntosh is an experienced trial lawyer. His practice spans personal injury, wrongful death, 
consumer class actions and mass torts. He recently pivoted to representing plaintiffs after cutting his teeth and becoming a law firm partner at a prominent Midwest defense firm, passionate about helping ordinary people better their lives and holding corporations accountable for their malfeasance, Ben uses his experience to craft strategy and story to obtain great results for his clients. And now I bring to you Ben McIntosh. Hi, Ben. Hey, how's it going? Ah, good. I'm so glad you're here. Tell me, you're you're in Chicago or? No, no, so- I'm in St. Louis. Oh, St. Louis. Okay. Yeah. okay. Oh, but you work in St. Louis and and Illinois, uh, um, Missouri and Illinois. Yes. Yeah, that's right. I'm licensed in uh, Missouri and Illinois, but I kind of have a national practice. So, I mean, I'm pro hocked in on a case in Washington right now that I'm working up. That's really more of a commercial case. It's not my bread and butter. But yeah, I've done cases in, shoot, Texas, Oklahoma, Nevada, uh Washington, like I said, Illinois, Missouri. I've got a couple cases in Alabama. It's kind of all over the map, but yeah, the the home state is Missouri and Illinois. Oh well, excellent. I'm glad you're here, and uh, I I want to learn a little bit more about you. We're going to talk about medical records and how they pop up during your your cases and uh, the impact that they have. But first, tell us more about you, how you got into this area of practice, how you got to be an attorney. Go as far back as the crib, if you like. <laughs> well, I mean, in terms of like, you know, starting practicing law, the, the initial push was realizing that political science as an undergrad degree is totally worthless. <laughs> and so, so, you know, I was womp, like, womp. Well, well, what can I do with that? Well, I liked the classes that related to the judicial branch of government and stuff like that. So about my junior year is when I thought, well, being a lawyer, that kind of sounds like something I'd want to do. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that was definitely the right call. I really enjoy the strategy and uh, the back and forth and all that stuff as, you know, when it comes to trial work. So, yeah, um, I came down to St. Louis. I grew up in Minneapolis. I came down to St. Louis sort of on a whim, really. Um, and I met my wife my first year of law school. She's also a practicing attorney. Uh, her name's Liz Ramsey. She does criminal and like wrongful convictions and stuff like that. Um, so whatever. We got married right after law school. We had our first kid pretty quick after that. Um, and yeah, so what happened was, you know, I get out of law school and I just kind of needed to get the first job I could get, you know, because I had, you know, a thousand dollar credit card bill, about a hundred bucks in the bank, (laughs) you know? And so I started working at a firm called Brown and James, um, which is, it's kind of like a regional, uh, insurance defense firm. So I did kind of all the things that you talked about in that bio section, Um, a lot of personal injury cases, but then the consumer class actions and um, some insurance fraud investigations too that related to like chiropractors and uh, pain management clinics and stuff like that. And so, I mean, those are super medical records heavy and we can get into some of that too, but I've, I've walked away from that area of my practice, but that's, that's something to keep in mind for anybody that's dealing with medical records is, I mean, insurance companies will look at it on the claim level, but also on the higher, you know, 
what's the forest look like to see are there patterns in these records if you're a provider that's touching a lot of injury claims that don't make sense over a lot of people you know not everybody can have the same diagnosis not everybody can have the same objective findings not everybody's going to have nine out of ten pain and if you start seeing those types of things on a wider scale you know, that's when they're going to be looking at you and and deciding whether or not more should be done. <laughs> um, so that's that's that was a piece of what I did uh, previously when I was on the defense side. Oh, well, I, now tell us a little bit. Uh, you've made a shift. You made a pivot. I, I'm right. just trying to find out what factors go into you deciding now if uh, you should take some of these cases that come come your way or if they are cases you should refer out? How do you make those decisions? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, so I, I handle different types of cases. There's the injury cases where, you know, if somebody was in an accident, they're saying they're hurt. Okay. It, it's, it's a little more obvious if it's like musculoskeletal because, you know, just a soft tissue injury alone is a compensable injury. Uh, whereas some of the mass tort stuff that we do is you're really looking at, do they have a particular diagnosis, right? So like asbestos exposure, you're going to be looking for lung cancer with a certain type of underlying disease. Um, that'll be like a bilateral asbestosis or pleural plaques or something along those lines, or your mesothelioma, right? So the medical records can serve as a gatekeeper for certain types of cases like that, where if you don't have the right diagnosis, you don't have a case. Whereas with the personal injury cases that are more musculoskeletal, a lot of times you're looking more at who's the client, how well do I think they'll present, you know, is it believable that they have the injuries that they're claiming, you know, and then if they go beyond that to having to undergo an MRI and having something more objectively saying, yeah, there's a bulging disc here or something like that. Okay, well then that's that's making it a better case. But so I think it just it depends on the type of case. It can be a gatekeeper, yes or no. Otherwise, it's a conversation with the client up front about the reasonable expectations for the value of the file. Uh, so so it sounds like those mass cases, people have to fit into certain slots uh, exactly. of, of diagnosis and problems. But those. Uh, 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 one-on-one -on -one individual uh, uh, personal injury cases is, is more individualized. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think another mass tort that's kind of, uh, you know, coming out here uh, more recently is, um, I think it's a hair straightener or something like that. I, I don't work on these cases, but I know it's it's something that people would put in their hair, okay? Uh, straightener. Relaxers. Something. Relaxer, boom, you got it. In <laughs> uh, those hair relaxer cases, I think that there's certain types of diagnoses that are, man, I'm speaking way out of school because I don't handle these cases. I just kind of see this stuff. But I believe that it's like a, a urinary cancer is the one that's really sort of the science is a little stronger on causation, whereas there there's some other diseases and diagnoses where it's like, okay, maybe, uh, but it's not as matured. So, and that's, that's what's kind of interesting about the mass tort cases is you got to get that medical and see the diagnosis to check that box to know if you even have a case to begin with. Um, whereas, yeah, those injury cases, it's a little more fluffy in terms of how you're evaluating it, if that makes any sense. I got you. I got you. Now, so you're, you're deciding or you've decided that you're taking this particular case and, and those medical records are rolling in. 
is there a particular process you have for for going through those records? Uh, you know, a routine, as it were. Yeah. So it's really nice with our firm because we have staff uh, that's dedicated to doing that check the box aspect of the medical. We, we, you know, that's one of the first things we're doing in the intake process is we let our clients know, okay, we're going to bring your case in. First thing we got to do is confirm the medical. And so, you know, you'll get an email in the firm on one of your files, diagnosis confirmed, and you know, it's time to proceed on that file. Um, so that's, that's makes it easy on my end because uh, somebody else handles that. <laughs> but uh on like an injury file, I want to, I want to get the story. Right. Um, so I specifically, I want to look at my client, what my client's saying about their, their illness or their, um, diagnosis or their injury or whatever. So for me, um, let me give you an example. I've, I've got a case right now where, uh, my client was rear-ended by somebody and the, the, really major injury was actually to his right toe, his big toe, because it was on the brake at the time that he was rear-ended. And so it, it got pretty hurt. He actually had to, he couldn't go to work for several months. Um, he worked at Trader Joe's. He had to be pretty active on his feet, wow. lifting things. And so that was really the, the bigger thing, but it didn't, he didn't really make any big deal out of it until later on. And I know working on the defense side that gaps in treatment are going to result in the insurance company saying, oh, there's, um, you know, that this maybe isn't related or, you know, he didn't get treatment until later on. So one of the first things I wanted to confirm was when did he start complaining about this? Because he also went to the chiropractor for a neck injury pretty quickly after the accident that, you know, that wasn't as major, right? Well, he complained about that stuff to the chiropractor right away. The, uh, by the, that stuff, I mean his toe injury. And so even though he's not getting treatment for it and he's toughing through it at work, it's still something that's been noted in a medical record right away. So that, that was something that made me think, okay, that is better for the case. He's complaining about it. And so in my demand to the insurance company, I note that, I quote the record. I'm like, he's complaining about this toe from the get-go. So the, the medical records oftentimes tell the story, your client's story in, in a more objective, documented fashion where it, like this is what the client is telling their medical professional that's helping them what they're experiencing. And so I always like to look and it works on the defense side too. the uh, the subjective section of the records tell the story from the client's perspective, supposedly as reported by the provider. On the defense side, you could find all sorts of good admissions then in those uh, in those subjective sections. And I've even had cases where it's very clear that the medical professionals don't exactly like the plaintiff and they will quote the person as saying <laughs> like stupid or awful things. And so you definitely want to look at what the what the plaintiff is saying, because that's going to lead you to questions about party admissions. And that's an important piece of things because that's an exception to the hearsay rule. And so you want to be able to put that in front of the plaintiff during their deposition or going into trial uh, to get admissions on what things were being said about their condition. Um, so the story is huge. And then obviously anything that either proves or on the defense side disproves objective injury is important. So a lot of times that's imaging. 
Um, and I can give you another example. There's a case that I had where it was very important, um, the, the MRIs of somebody's shoulder, because this person was complaining of first a right shoulder rotator cuff tear, okay? What happened was the, the, per, the other driver backed into this woman in a parking lot and she claimed that her, her right shoulder fell on top of the car. It was a slow, you know, so she wasn't claiming to be totally, you know, have a ton of fractures or anything, but that falling on that car resulted in a tear of the right rotator cuff. Okay, she gets, and we weren't disputing that the right rotator cuff was caused by the accident, but she then goes through treatment, she goes through physical therapy, and she's making her demand, and she claims that after she was treated for the right shoulder, she developed a left shoulder rotator cuff tear due to overuse of the left shoulder while the right shoulder healed. Okay, well, we needed to confirm this. Now, I represented the underinsured motorist carrier, so really, it, I didn't even represent the driver, okay? Uh, I represented her insurance company. But what we wanted to figure out then was causation, right? So, of course, we wanted to know what kind of imaging existed uh, directly after you finished treatment for the right shoulder and you could start using it again. Well, we got our hands on an MRI that showed, I mean, the, the statement in the MRI was there is no tearing of the left rotator cuff, which she was claiming uh, was a, an add-on to the right. She also went to the same orthopedist that did the surgery on the right, and he looked at the MRI and said the same thing. Uh, what she didn't provide to us that we only got later in discovery was, you know, documents from her primary care physician that she's not complaining about the left shoulder. You know, so there were a lot of issues with that case and causation. And it was really, from my vantage point, it seemed to be attempting to stretch the UIM claim to get more. Uh, the result of that case was it got dismissed um, because she refused to cooperate with us pre-suit. There's a cooperation clause in every insurance policy, and she's the insured. It's an obligation of hers. So the stonewalling pre-suit ended up dooming her claim to begin with. Um, I made some bad law for the plaintiffs now that I'm on the plaintiff side, but <laughs> but but it, that was the result of that case. But yeah, so it, the medical records are huge in terms of you know, if the, if you have a theory of how you got an injury, but the the imaging just doesn't just doesn't jive with that, then you're going to have a problem. Because in the piece that I left out of that case was then fast forward another year, she got another MRI of the left shoulder that did show a rotator cuff tear. So something had to have happened, or it was degenerative, mm -hmm. right? That at least that's that was our perspective on it. And so those those medical records and that imaging in particular is huge when it comes to causation. Yeah, I get you. I get you. It sounds like you're tr trying to match up what your 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 client is saying or the the whoever <laughs> the injured party yeah. is saying, matching it with objective data that's found in the records. And sometimes it's it takes time to get you know, to, to, to find all of those spots inside of a record. But yeah, knowing the story and finding all the data in the records. Yes, I understand that. <laughs> it's an important yeah, part of it, your case. You know, and in that case, it was a big deal too, because you need to know what records exist. 
and you need to compare it to what records your opposing side's expert is relying on. Because if they're not, if they're ignoring certain important stuff, you need to be able to point that out to the jury. And in that case, um, this, their experts, they had an orthopedic expert that they hired pre-suit to write an opinion. And in that opinion, he lists out what imaging he had. He did not have that MRI that showed no rotator cuff tear in the left shoulder when he wrote that opinion. And so, I mean, that really hurt his credibility in the case. He had to scramble to come up with a theory on, well, you see this tiny little piece here on that MRI? Well, we can't see a tear. I admit that. But that suggests the possibility of a tear. And it was just it it just didn't work out for them. You know, and so you want to anytime you have a medical case and there's going to there's going to be experts involved. Usually if there's something, some issue with medical, you got to compare what you know exists with what the experts are relying on, because they may try to ignore that inconvenient fact. uh, And you got to hammer when they do. All right. Well, it sounds like you, uh, you know, sometimes you are reviewing these uh, records yourself. And uh, sometimes you have a crew that reviews them. What, if any, do you, anything do you find frustrating or do you have any pet peeves about going through those records, what they're saying, how they're organized? What annoys you about them? Oh, gosh. I think the thing that annoys me the most is just the quantity, Um, especially from like a hospital. There's just so much stuff in there that at least for the lawyers and maybe it's necessary, but at least from my vantage point, it's just not really all that important. And so you, you get 60 pages of stuff that, you know, I mean, I could condense down into a page, the stuff that I actually use for the case. That's probably hyperbole, but you get what I'm saying. There's just a lot of fluff in those electronic medical records. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of that's just what makes it difficult, especially if you're trying to have somebody else help you put together the chronology, because then getting them to understand what pieces of information actually matter and you care about is tough. It's it almost takes you more less time just to go through the record yourself because mm-hmm. uh, you know what you're looking for. Um, so yeah, I hear you. So you have given a lot of good information. Uh, a lot of uh, experiences that you've had yourself and what advice if that you haven't shared so far, what advice can you give any newbie or veteran attorneys regarding these types of cases? Man, uh, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough question because, you know, medical records become important in so many different types of cases. So, you know, in a med mal case, which I don't handle med mal, I mean, what you're what you're digging into is going to be different from, you know, a personal injury case where what what you're looking for, just what you're looking for is different. Right. In a med mal case, it's was there a breach in the standard of care? Um, Whereas in in a PI case, you're just trying to figure out causation and damages and that sort of thing. So, I mean. I guess that's a long-winded way of me trying to avoid answering the question. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, in terms of advice for, I, th- I think I could speak to the new lawyers on this, that you, you, you really should, before you dive into medical records in a case, 
talk to a paralegal or senior associate or somebody who has done this before and figure out what's the important stuff. Um, because otherwise you're going to feel a little overwhelmed and you're going to spin your wheels. Um, there's only so many things in those medical records that are important for your case. Um, and that doesn't mean you should ignore a bunch of stuff in the medical records and go too fast, but you should know what the really important stuff is so that you get that down. Uh, because there's nothing worse than getting to the end of a case and realizing there is critical medical information that I didn't utilize, or there's a clear clue. Oh, and this is another piece. The medical records will give you clues as to the existence of other medical records you don't have. So they'll mention referrals to other doctors. They'll mention orders to get imaging. They'll mention the medical history of somebody. And, you know, well, we got a, they, this person got a knee surgery 10 years ago. You want to you want to mine the records you've got for clues to the existence of other records, especially on the defense side, um, because it, otherwise you're going to miss that stuff. And you've got no real you you're going on a fishing expedition is what it looks like on the defense side if you want to go 20 years into the past. Right. <laughs> but if something in the records in the case shows 20 years in the past is relevant, a prior surgery or something like that. Well, now you've got a basis to go to the court and say, I have good reason to go 20 years in the past. Look at what this says in this record. And so you're going to you're going to be able to build your case more if you pay attention to what what clues are the records giving me about the existence of other stuff. So it's part investigation. It's part evaluation um, because you know, those records on an injury case are going to help determine the, the damages and causation um, for sure. Oh, good. well, it sounds like following uh, medical records is like following a trail of breadcrumbs. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Ben, for coming. I, I, it's 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 you're sharing all of your knowledge, all your expertise. It is definitely appreciated. And now it may be time for a little Q&A. Is that something that you're ready for? Uh, we'll find out, right? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, now, everybody, you have time to get your questions together for Ben if you're uh, visiting us live. But even if you're catching the replay, leave your questions in there when you, when you, uh, uh, when you have them. And hopefully, Ben will get to them. Now, while we're waiting for you all to get your questions together, now it's time for what I call a small sponsor break. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about Wade Nurse Consultants and what we do here, and then we'll get right back to Ben. Now, everyone is not always completely clear about what legal nurse consultants do, but I'll make it clear for you today. At Wade Nurse Consultants, it's all about review, research, and roadmaps. When we review medical records, we summarize and translate that info into human language easily understood by judges and juries. When we research, we complete medical literature searches regarding topics attorneys may not be familiar with, or we are locating, uh, researching and locating experts to help them support their cases. And when we create roadmaps, we create life care plans, which are roadmaps for injured clients 
detailing their future medical needs over their lifetime, including estimated costs of that care. To recap, legal nurse consultants at Wade Nurse Consultants, for us, it's all about review, research, and roadmaps. And now let's schedule a, fee, a free 15-minute medical case strategy call by clicking the calendar link you'll find in the description box of this YouTube channel. And let's have a chat. But now let's get back to Ben. All right, Ben, let me take a peek. Are there any questions ready for you yet? No, <laughs> but that, that happens sometimes and I've got a plan for that. What uh, what I can do is I can, and I probably have already, put your contact number or a contact information inside the description box of this YouTube channel for people who are catching us on the replay and they have questions for you, they can reach out. Does that sound like a good plan? Sounds good. All right. And I have one question for you, Ben. Will you come back and do this again? Yeah, why not? All right. That's fine. <laughs> That's good. It looks like we are winding down. We don't have any questions. Let me check. Nope, no questions yet. But uh, let me just remind everybody uh, to uh, click over to this YouTube channel, subscribe, turn on that notification bell, so you will be ready to see us and, and be with us on our next show. And if you have any questions that I can answer about legal nurse consulting, let me just give you my, there it is. That's Lisa at wadenurseconsultants.com. Reach out if you have legal nurse consulting questions, but just join us next time for a brand new episode of Should You Take That Case? And we'll see you next time. Thanks for coming, Ben. Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks for watching and listening to another episode of Should You Take That Case with your host, Lisa Wade, your friendly neighborhood legal nurse consultant, owner of Wade Nurse Consultants, and creator of our private LinkedIn community, the Attorney Medical Record Resource Group. That is where we get all of our stellar attorney guests. The goal of our show is to be a resource for legal professionals who pursue medical cases by sharing their experiences and insights as defense or as plaintiff attorneys. You can catch prior episodes at www.wadenurseconsultants.com slash blog, on LinkedIn, and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Thank you for subscribing to our YouTube channel and sharing this show with others. 